Hey everyone, I'm Johnny. I'm Victoria. Welcome to Tasty Pages, a podcast from Cooking the Books. Each week, we'll discuss a featured cookbook. And we'll rank each book in a variety of categories, including food photography and styling, degree of difficulty, and of course, taste. This week's featured cookbook is... On Vegetables by Jeremy Fox. Hey, Victoria. Hi, Johnny. <laughs> How you doing? I'm great. How are you? I'm well. Uh, welcome to Tasty Pages, a podcast from Cooking the Books. We've got a fun-filled episode number six. Can Woo-hoo! you believe it? Number I know, six number six. Wow. Time flies when you're having fun. Uh, <laughs> let's get a few housekeeping things out of the way per usual. Um, if you are listening to us at anchor.fm slash tasty pages, you may have noticed a support button that you can click. Think of it as an online tip jar where you can throw a few pennies our way and show your support for what we're doing. And then uh, if you go to our website, which is just wecookbooks.com, you'll see a store button on there you can click. And that will take you to our amazon.com affiliate store. You heard of this place, Victoria? Yeah. I think we established this last yep. week. You can get anything there. Yes. And uh, we've got a few things on there. We've got a list of essential cookbooks that are ones that we've actually used and loved. And uh, if you're looking for a gift for the home cook in your life or for yourself, you can pick up one of those. And if you use the affiliate link, we get a few pennies. And we are not paid by any of these companies to endorse anything. We just choose them because we love them and it's stuff that we use ourselves. That's a terrible business model. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. Catch us before we come to our senses. Yeah, right. Uh, and then we've got a, a list of uh, kind of kitchen essentials for the home cook. Um, and it's just uh, little gadgets that we use all the time in the kitchen, ranging in price from cheap to expensive. And if you click the affiliate link, we get a few pennies. It's a win-win. You get something you love. You get to support cooking the books. There you go. All right. So how are we doing? You crack me up every time you ask me this. Um, you're As so if, adorable. Like, we, we live on separate f- wings in our in our Chicago mansion. <laughs> um, I'm doing great. It's been a really busy day. Yes. Well, that that's a perfect introduction. Let's talk about what we did today. Since um, we're kind of working on the same cookbooks that we discussed last episode. So if you haven't listened to that yet, go into episode five and you'll hear about like kind of the books we're currently working through. Mm-hmm. But what do we do today? Well, today I made some winter spice morning rolls. That was from the book Smoke Roots Mountain Harvest by Lauren Angelucci McDuffie. McDuffie. Um, it was Basically, a cinnamon roll with this lovely pomegranate orange glaze. The glaze was pink in color. It was gorgeous. It was. And how many of those do we have left now? Zero. Zero. We ate one and we gave the rest of them away. Well, we have our our neighbors, Dan and Rose, who live next to us. They're very dear neighbors and it was Rose's birthday. And And so Dan forgot to get her a cake. So what did Victoria do? She saved Christmas. I did. I (laughs) gave him a big old plate of these cinnamon rolls fresh from the oven. Yeah. I basically gave him a full pan, stuck a candle in there. There we go. You're a nice lady. Oh, thank you. I try. And then uh, our dear friends, 
Sean and Kathleen and Missy, other neighbors that we go dog walking around the neighborhood with. And our neighbors on the other side. Yep. Chris and Valerie, uh-huh. shout out to them. Yes. We have some pretty awesome neighbors we here do. in Chicago. We're we very do. lucky. And uh, they all got set up with cinnamon rolls today. We're sharing the wealth. Yep. You got to uh, do it. We can't I, eat I, all of them ourselves. I kind of enjoyed it. It's a nice random act of kindness. Yeah. And I like feeding people. If somebody called me up and was like, or someone texted me and was like, hey, come here and get some of these lovely baked goods that I, I like just made. neighborhood drug dealer. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then... Uh, what did you do, Johnny? I made uh, pizza dough. Had to re-up our pizza dough uh, selection because Absolutely. we were out. And uh, that is kind of a regular staple in our house. So anytime we're working from a book and it calls for flatbread or pizza dough, we bust into Paul Kahan's book from last year, Cooking for Good Times. And there is a spectacular pizza dough recipe in there, which we also discussed in episode five. So if you haven't listened to that yet, for God's sake, go back and listen to it. Don't jump out of order. I think we're like a broken record because every, every episode we talk about this marvelous pizza dough. So I made that and it freezes well. So it's in the freezer and we're actually going to make some pizza tomorrow. Mm -hmm. So just in time. Uh, Hey. Yes. It's that time. What's for dinner tonight? Oh, what's for dinner? Okay, so we're doing a green bean and charred radicchio salad with a metric ton of Parmesan. Yep. Um, And then we're also doing some falafel spice grilled mushrooms with a miso and tahini dressing. So these are like falafel spiced mushrooms on a skewer. And then there's this separate miso tahini dressing. And this, these are both recipes from Umami Bomb from Raquel Pelzel, which is what we're working through currently. One of the books. It's a lovely little book. It's great. Um, vegetarian, Every- full of flavor, really easy recipes. Everything is super easy. It's, it's, it's a relief to go to something easy. Yes. So we'll be uh, featuring that shortly. You'll be seeing that in our feed. But let's uh, discuss today's book, because we, we made several dishes from here that we want to talk about. Um, as you mentioned, on vegetables, Jeremy Fox. Should we dive in? Let's do it. All right. So, in this book's introduction, chef and author Jeremy Fox um, writes in pretty candid detail his uh, life as like an upcoming chef and his uh, struggles with... Uh, I guess ADD and addiction. some substance abuse. Yeah, you know, not an uncommon story, unfortunately, for people in the profession. And as someone who is in that as well, you have witnessed it many a time, I'm sure. He talks about how he bought into the whole grind, like working 100 hour weeks, 90 hour weeks. And that is not a way for someone to live. It's not sustainable. It is not, absolutely. Well, I mean, if you're taking stimulants, yeah, for a little bit, but... Yep. Um, so he finally came to his senses. So it was kind of a st- typical story of like this spectacular rise of this young and upcoming chef and then the spectacular inevitable fall. He was, the, f- then- he was the first chef to ever get a Michelin star for a vegetarian restaurant. Yep. And, uh, you know, and, and now, um, you know, he, he lives in, uh, 
Southern California. Yep. Um, uh, is it is it Southern California? Because a lot of his early career stuff was Northern California, like Napa oh, yeah. area. Sorry, yeah. my bad. We'll um, just have to. But okay. I, I did see that he just opened a restaurant in Santa Monica last year, so he's all over the place. Why? Why was I thinking Southern? I don't know. Because I'm a big dumb. <laughs> I'm a big dumb dumb. <laughs> um, but and he also he moved he. He likes living there because of the abundance of produce, and he is not, he is not a vegetarian. He is very quick to state he's not a vegetarian, um, and his whole his whole ethos and philosophy. When you talk about regular cooking, you know you talk about nose to tail, using every single part of the animal, and why do we not do that with plants his his ethos is seed to stock yep and um, you know things like carrot tops fennel fronds beet greens these are normally the parts of the vegetables that are discarded and he has an anecdote in the book about how they don't throw anything away at his restaurants and so uh all of that stuff gets turned into something some ingredient some component of a dish and that is what this book at its core is is just you know giving you inspiration and ideas for you know dishes that have like vegetables front and center as the focus and uh like him we are not vegetarian or vegan but we appreciate you know dishes that have you know vegetables as kind of the star of the show and if if that you know sounds appealing to you, this is a fantastic book to well, explore. And here's the thing, though: if you are looking for one of those books that's like easy vegetarian dinners to cook on a weeknight, not this book. This is not the book for you. If you're looking for a book that is here's the full menu for your next dinner party, probably not that book. No. Um, but if you're looking for, like I said, like ideas and inspiration, what to do with particular vegetables, this is a wealth of information. It's really thoughtful. And at the beginning of the book, he goes through like lists of his favorite um, of his favorite vegetables, how to store them, how to purchase them, what to look for, how to cook it. How to and, prep them. And he even says like knowing how to cook something is so much more important than following a recipe. Yes. And just starting with local fresh ingredients yes. that are in season. Um, I know in the, in the book, he gives the example of like this real simple, I think he calls it like a tomato raw bar dish and making the analogy that, you know, if you go get these gross pallid unripe tomatoes from your local grocery store and that's what you're using for the dish it's going to taste terrible but if you go with these like fresh heirloom tomatoes that you got at the local farmer's market or from a local farm and you're starting with this like quality ingredient it's going to be fantastic you know it really pisses me off when you go to a restaurant and you know that they got their tomatoes right off the Cisco truck. They're pink. They're mushy. They're pallid. They're disgusting. I think that needs to be a future podcast episode oh. of of uh, kind of pet peeve of some restaurants. I just, I, I, what is the point? Why bother? Don't put them on there. They yep. don't taste good. They don't enhance the dish. Nope. It really, 
it's so irksome to me. Yep. <laughs> I, I agree. I share your irk. <laughs> <laughs> You're so cute. <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's dive in because we did a lot of dishes. So we're, I don't. I, we're I doing make, a lot of bloody blah. Yeah. Well, no, it's 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 interesting stuff, at least to me. So. <laughs> oh, not me, not at all. Um. All right. So the first dish is this. It's grilled artichoke, celery, Meyer lemon, and olive. Very simple dish. Oh, it sounds super simple, huh? Yep. No, it's not. Nope. <laughs> well, okay. So let's start with the artichokes. We don't use them a lot we don't cook with them a lot they're they're labor intensive to to prep and you know why don't you speak on it you're you're the expert on artichokes every single book we every single book we work out of if there is an artichoke recipe i will skip it because when i was in culinary school um one of the dishes that we served for lunch was an artichoke dish so i prepared artichokes every day for an entire quarter. It's a pain in the ass. How's that for you? Terrible. <laughs> Terrible. I'm you even wanted to eat them ever again. Oh, just. I th- well, and, and I don't want to speak for you, but like, I'm kind of indifferent about artichokes. I don't dislike them, yeah, but I they're agree. not, I'm, I'm, I never find myself craving them. Maybe I just haven't had like, farm fresh artichokes that are bursting with flavor. The only time but, I ever eat artichoke is when it's like in a really good artichoke jalapeno dip or something. <laughs> I think the Trader Joe's artichoke jalapeno dip is probably the antithesis of what this book is uh, I know, you know, but trying it's to so preach. Good. I, 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 I feel you. But uh, yeah, so I don't know. I What do we say about this dish? It was It was good. Okay, let's. Beautiful. Can we talk about the um, olive caramel? Yes, because this was something that we used for a couple dishes uh-huh. in the book. So um, this this bush. What am I trying to say? I just like I forgot how to speak English. All right, cat got your tongue. So this book is kind of a mixed bag of like some of the dishes were ridiculously simple and then others required like multiple steps and different components that you had to make as part of the dish. And this was one of those ones where it had that black olive uh, caramel. Mm -hmm. So why don't you speak about that? Because I really messed it up uh, trying to make it. And you saved the day once again. (laughs) Okay, so I was doing something. Sometimes Johnny will start cooking without me because I need to decompress. I need to take like half an hour after we get done working to decompress. See, and prepping and cooking is kind of my decompression. It's how I, it's, it's, I'm in my zone. And I'm very lucky for that. Yeah. Um, So I come out and the olives, there's like this liquidy, what you're supposed to do is add a little bit of water to the sugar and then you caramelize it. Um, and then you add the olive paste to it. Um, but I don't know what I did. I think you just threw everything into a pot. And there might have been wine involved. All of no, there wasn't wine because it was a weekday. <laughs> all right, <laughs> I'm trying to I'm trying to make excuses for my poor performance. Well, don't you screwed up? Okay. <laughs> no. um, so basically, I had to make a quick store run, go get some more olives. Sorry. And then I let him 
I left him to his devices again and the sugar was completely crystallized. Like not, there was no caramelization, whatever there. It was just like this big crystal formation. Yep. So I was like, move out of the way, Balmer. Yep. I got this. For those of you who aren't aware, Victoria's the professional in this operation. She's the <laughs> culinary school and and you know professional chef. I'm I'm the flavor flave to your Chuck D. <laughs> You're my hype man. Yep. All right, carry on. <laughs> but anyway, I made it. It was good. It's delicious. It's really deep, earthy, salty, a little bit sweet. Very focused. It's super focused. Like you make and, that thing and it's just like this intense focused flavor. And that is a theme through through many of these dishes, yes. there there will be especially like there'll be one component that is just like bam, like mm-hmm. the absolute essence of of what the vegetable is. So this dish actually used the leaves of the celery, mm-hmm. which you know sometimes you go to the grocery store and those have already been removed. They cut for them you. off. They chop them off the yep. top. And so this is like you know don't lo- don't throw those away. I Save love them. the leaves. I yeah. love the leaves. And they they I mean. They make a beautiful garnish. Mm-hmm. They're edible, of course. Mm-hmm. So use your celery leaves, people. So bottom line with this dish, was it delicious? Yes. Would we make it again? Probably not. Yeah. I, I'm just not down with the whole um, uh, eating the leaf and like scraping the meat off the... Artichokes are tough, yeah. and, it, and and it just for me personally, just not enough reward for the effort that's involved. All hat, no cattle. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I like it. All right, so let's let's move on. But if you um, love artichokes, I'm sure like. I mean, the, this is great. This for was you. a beautifully composed Absolutely. and thoughtfully composed dish. Like all the flavors made sense. Nothing seemed out of place. It just wasn't our jam. It was something that we wanted to try. We yep. tried it. It it and that's like no I'm not I am not speaking ill of this recipe at all. Yeah. It's it was a personal preference. And you know, one thing that working through all of these different cookbooks from our collection affords us is that we can try you know, we just see something and it's like, oh, that sounds interesting. Never worked with artichokes before. Let's do it. You know, so a lot of times that might be all the inspiration we need for choosing a dish is just, you know, because we want to have the experience. And sometimes it's all about the journey. Sometimes it's about the destination. This one destination was kind of want wah. Yeah. So there you go. Um, now let's talk about this next dish because this was pretty good. Yeah, it was. Bananas, creme fraiche, honey. And curry cashews. Now, this was inspired by a dish that uh, Jeremy Fox claimed that he made when he was five. And this is just kind of like a, a sophisticated interpretation of that dish. But it's and basically... And I, lo- I love on the book how he's like, I made this when I was five. Yeah. You what was I doing it. when I was five? <laughs> Not cooking banana creme fraiche honey cashews. Um, I mean... Let's talk about those curried cashews for a second. We had leftovers. It's, oh darn! And they, you'll want to make plenty. For yeah, absolutely. This, if you're gonna go through, ooh. if you're gonna like just go through the simple act, of, simple act of making them, make extra. Yep. Well, and they introduce this really nice savory note to this otherwise kind of sweet mm-hmm. dessert dish. But man. But I also like that the creme fraiche was. You know, it's like 
It's not sweet. Yep. It's it's a little bit Fairly neutral, tart, but just yeah, just creamy. Bit, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and that gets smeared on the plate, mm-hmm. so you know that's your base for the dessert. I do. I wonder how this would be if you sautéed the bananas. Like throw a little bit of butter, some sugar, some bourbon. I mean, it's a completely different dish, but yeah. that is a way that you could modify it. And I yeah. think it would be absolutely beautiful. I remember thinking of that and maybe having that conversation when we were making this because um, it just seemed like kind of a missed opportunity. Like, look at us telling Jeremy Fox how to cook. Right. Hey, have you considered? <laughs> hey, while you're at it, let's do this. <laughs> but I mean, if we were to make this again, that would be certainly something that we'd probably want to try is like just give them a quick saute with like in a pan with a little butter and bourbon or something Uh and and just that would make for a much more uh deeper flavor for those but i mean we're splitting hairs here this was a pretty amazing dish as it it is i feel i feel like this would be like a a really good breakfast yes type thing Mm -hmm. not necessarily a dessert but like a breakfast because it wasn't like overly sweet or anything real subtle um all right. Well, not much more to say about no. that. Let's move on to this next one. Beets, greens, figs, blue cheese, and walnuts. Pecans. Yes. Okay. You want to talk about the walnuts? Talk about the walnuts. I We're not fans of walnuts. Nope. We're both in, in agreement on Too this. Bitter. Yeah, they're super bitter. I just... Bleh. So whenever our recipe calls for walnuts... Just know that we are using pecans. Yep. It's something we have in the pantry. We rarely have walnuts in the house. And, you know, why go buy something just for a specific dish when you can just substitute something else? And Not our favorite nut. <laughs> <laughs> you just made me think of the scene from uh, um, Best in Show. Walnuts. Cashew nut. Pine nut. Stop naming nuts. <laughs> <laughs> You're so cute. So good. Such a fantastic movie. We just watched that the other night. We did. So good. There was wine involved with that. Of course there was. We had to revisit a classic. All right. Um, So this uses the previously mentioned black olive caramel, Uh which is great. You know, if you're going to go through the effort of making that, why not, you know, incorporate it into a couple dishes? Um, A little goes a long way. It's a pretty intense... component of the dish every part of the beet is used including the stems and the greens which you know following the concept yeah, it, of the book. it was a beet marmalade okay and here's the thing we had we actually had this conversation earlier today i think i'm starting to not like regular beets to me they keep tasting more and more like dirt i like i love gold beets but i feel like Regular beets are just starting to taste like dirt. So earthy. Yeah. Um, And so this beet marmalade, this is another one of those things. It was just like pow, like punch you in the face, beet flavor. Yep. Um, Uh, Recipe called for Malabar spinach, which we are not familiar with, but definitely could not find anywhere around here in Chicago. So we just went with some uh, baby kale worked out fine yeah jeremy even acknowledges that like you can't you're probably not going to find it yeah um the figs that we use i got some calamarina figs um which were beautiful they're 
they were originally named Smyrna figs. They're grown in Turkey. Um, now they're grown in California, so they're called Calmyrna. They're the lighter green. Uh, they're like just a nice celery green. Um, beautiful. They were the tastiest figs I've ever eaten. Yeah, I still think about those figs. Well, and the the bottom line is, and, and he even acknowledges this in the book, is you know it's a beet fig blue cheese walnut salad. He's not reinventing the wheel with this dish. Um, but I feel like he kind of did. Well, I mean, he put some clever spins on yeah. it and, and it was stuff that, you know, the things he introduced like that, that black olive, uh, caramel, uh, made sense. And it, and it definitely added to the dish rather than subtracted. So, um, great dish. Oh, and we had some edible flowers that we plopped on the plate and it was beautiful. Yep. Edible flower it season was, here in Chicago. Yes. Um, let's move on to this next one. Cause this was, this was pretty exciting. Cauliflower in a cast iron pot. So good. Yep. Um, basically there are two, there are two preparations for the cauliflower. Um, you make a cauliflower puree and you also roast some cauliflower with some lemon. So you get this nice citrusy punch. Yep. I thought that was really clever to have like different textures and there was some raw cauliflower that gets reserved. That was, that was in there too. If I'm, if I remember correctly, and so you get the different preparations, you get the different flavors, you kind of can see how, depending on the cooking method, or if you're cooking it at all, like how that affects the flavor of the cauliflower. So there are some orange segments on top for a nice little sweet. That was really clever. And then there's yeah. the Vaduvan butter. Yes. You want to talk about that? Yes. Um, basically... It's a laundry list of beautiful spices, yep. um, some garlic. Um, you toast the spices. You simmer the butter. It was described as like a French colonial version of masala. Yeah. So it's like a you know kind of Indian flavored. Uh, I think there was like uh, sixteen pounds of butter. Oh my god. And 10 pounds of shallots. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and it gets blended up. We took the, the, um, did I put that in the stick blender? Did I put that in the regular? I think I put it in the regular blender. I think you did the Vitamix treatment on that. Yeah. I couldn't remember if I used the immersion blender or actual blender blender. <laughs> Make extra. It's another thing you'll want extra of. Mm -hmm. um, we put it on some toasts for leftovers the following week. And so man, good. and it will make your house smell fantastic. You know, people will be like coming from miles around if, if you know, try and determine what that amazing smell is. Right. Ooh. Man, it's funny good. because one day I was cooking and our neighbor Missy came over and it was nice enough to have the windows open. And Missy's like, I can smell your house like from three houses down. It's the best. So we, we provide the uh, scent for the neighborhood. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, that was a great dish. And we had these cute little mini cast iron pots that we did the photography. And oh, so if we were you so follow precious us, about it. Yeah, if you follow us on Instagram, you can check out those photos and let, you know, what, let us know what you think of the uh, mini cast iron pots. <laughs> <laughs> Please do. We're, we're waiting. We're standing by. Right. All right. Uh, next dish, cucumber. Potato, olive, pine nut, and parmesan. And 
Hello, what comes back? Making a return appearance. Black Olive Caramel. See, you know, I actually, I'm, it was just this really great thing that we ended up picking up, we ended up picking out all these dishes that had this one It was component. kind of by design. Oh. <laughs> See, I. At least I, on my part. I, I think you might have went through and picked everything out first. And then I was like, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Okay. All right. Never mind. Here I I thought we were just lucky. You know, if you're going through a book like this and there's going to be several components that you have to prepare, uh, if you're going to go through that effort, let's, let's, you know, use it in a few dishes and, and, you know, really showcase it and, and put it to use. So I think that was kind of by design. Um, but uh, yeah, so in addition to that, it gets this, uh, it's referred to as kind of like a pine nut pudding in the book. Um, it's basically, you, you roast some pine nuts, mix them with uh, milk and olive oil in a blender, and it creates this kind of sauce. And it was pretty tasty, I mm-hmm. have to say. And then, talk um, about the potatoes. For the potatoes, you're supposed to um, parboil them and fry them. Well, we, okay, we have an air fryer. Mm-hmm. We didn't, we, what, how am I trying to say this? We didn't, okay, we kind of poo-pooed the idea of an air fryer for a very long time. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what the hell was wrong with us because air fryer, oh my God. So anyway, we did our potatoes in the air fryer. It was easier and we should back up. The recipe calls for, you know, typically frying them in a pan mm-hmm. with some oil. So will it work? Absolutely. People yeah. have been doing it for centuries. Yeah. But it's not the healthiest of preparations. So um, air fryer. Yes. Um, so we did them in the air fryer. Uh, they were nice and creamy with the crispy outside. Um Let's see. The cucumbers we just shaved with a vegetable peeler. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was basically finished with um, some mint and Parmesan. And This was a great side dish. Yeah. We, we grilled up some pork shoulder kappa steaks that we had. So and good. I mean, this From was Avram a, Farms. Yeah. I mean, this we was love a, our Avram Farms. Yes. This was a fantastic dish. So no complaints there. Probably one of the, I mean, since we already had that black olive caramel sauce made this was probably one of the more easier dishes that we composed too mm-hmm. so all right um last dish it's all you take it away victoria so this uh we did crispy sunchokes burrata grapefruit and fennel um by this time we were getting this cooking fatigue was setting in. Yeah, because trying to get through these things in a week was a lot of work. We learned um, our lesson. We absolutely did. Um, but this kind of has like classic flavors, you know, grapefruit and fennel. How many grapefruit fennel salads have we made mm-hmm. in the process of this? Well, they had us at burrata, let's be honest. Right. I mean, anytime we see a recipe with burrata, it's like our like our a dog with the ears like <laughs> and if you don't know what burrata is it's it it's looks like mozzarella um it's got a much creamier center you cut into it and the center just oozes out yeah yep it's delicious um and uh sunchokes 
Um, they're also called Jerusalem artichokes. Another Those are favorite in our house. They're so they're like woody and just beautiful. And these get sliced really thin. Mm-hmm. We and, used a mandolin. Yep, and just fried up in a pan. So you get these little like almost like sunchoke chips. Mm-hmm. They're a little crispy on the on the outside, and then you know you put that down with that cool burrata. It just turns into this nice like creamy goodness. Such a good dish. It was a good. It was a good. Are you okay there, Balmer? I'm. I'm, I'm dying over here. <laughs> I swallowed a bug. He's sitting over there, like <laughs> pounding on his chest. Just, just had a couple mini heart attack things or something. Oh, don't joke about that. Uh, that I'm makes sorry. me sad. Okay, I'm good. All I right. swear. All good. All right. So now we've reached the portion of the episode where we rank this book in a series of categories. Beginning with food photography and styling. What did you have for that, Victoria? Um, for this one, I gave it a 4.5. You uh, and your point fives. It's my thing, okay. <laughs> um, I felt that the photography was very simple. It was styled very simply, which I think actually really reflects the, fa- the flavors in the book. They're just like simple and clean and to the point. Mm-hmm. Um, and... You know, there's not a lot of accessories or whatnot. I think Lizzo refers to it as accessories. Accessory. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I gave it a 4.5. What about, what about you? So, this might be a little divisive, but I gave it a 3 <gasps> for the reasons that you mentioned. And it's, and it's just like if, if you appreciate really, I don't know if, if elaborate is the right word, food photography and styling, um, this book will surprise you because it's it's very minimalist like you said maybe that was intentional i'm sure it was it wasn't like that was just an afterthought so um but it's it's very stripped down very minimalist mm-hmm. um yeah three it's not the yeah. kind of book where you're going to look at the food photos and drool over them or be like blown away by them personally Oh, okay. It's just, just a preference. Fight, just, fight. Just, that's, what, that's, what, that's what makes what we're doing so incredibly remarkable and important. You are correct. We're doing the God's work. Would you shut up? All right. Okay. Uh, let's move on to layout and design of the book. What'd you have for that? Um, I gave this one a four. There's one thing that I really liked for some of the larger recipes that had components uh, within the recipes, those are broken down um, within one single recipe. So it wasn't like, go to here and make this, go to here and make that. Or It was within and, that recipe. Yes. Yeah. And it wasn't just like this big laundry list of ingredients, which I think when it's broken down uh, into little sections like that, it makes it easier to digest and you're not going to, you're not going to run away from it. Like maybe you should, because it takes so long. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but yeah. No, I agree with that. Although the, you know, in the case of like that black olive caramel that was in a separate section, you know, so there are times when it will refer you to another part of the book. Yeah. If there's a sauce, but yeah. I mean, that's, um, not what I'm no. talking about. Good stuff. Yeah. Um, I gave it a four as well. Okay. So I think we're on the same page with that. No pun intended. All right. Uh, degree of difficulty. Ooh, I gave this one a four. It's, um, it's not one of those 
easy books and it takes a lot of time and care. Yep. Samesies. And you have to be willing to do it. No, I, and, and I think we mentioned before that I think this book probably would appeal to someone who's a pretty hardcore home cook Mm -hmm. or a professional that's kind of looking for inspiration for, you know, dishes and flavors and stuff. But this is definitely not a beginner cookbook. And that being said, I feel like I don't want people to feel like we're trying to scare them away from this. Yeah. You know, just be prepared. If you're confident in the kitchen, I'm sure you'll have no problem navigating this. Absolutely. It's not as if every dish that we made from this book was really complex. There were, you know, I mean that, uh, what was the the granola one um, that I made? What the hell am I trying to say? I don't know. It's granola. Of course, it's going to be easy. Yeah. Oh, the banana. It wasn't even granola. See? Oh, the banana. The banana. <laughs> Creme fraiche, honey, yeah. and curry cashews. That's what I meant to say. Um, yeah. In the case of the bananas, creme fraiche, honey, and curry cashew dish, it was ridiculously simple. I mean, for crying out loud, he made it when he was five. So, um, you know. It's not all it's not all uh smoke and mirrors in this in this book but uh there are definitely some some uh dishes that would challenge even some of the most accomplished chefs if if that's what you're after. And then probably most importantly and lastly taste. I give this one a 4. Yep. Um like I said earlier, everything was just very clean and concentrated. Um, I always felt like there would be like w- one little part of the dish that was a flavor bomb, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. which is a lovely surprise. So mm-hmm. nicely done. Yep, and I and I had the same same grade for it a four as well. You know, there. I mean, there were some things that maybe just personally taste wise we didn't absolutely. Um, wasn't our jam, but it, that's not to say that there was any kind of flaw with no. with the recipe. And I think it's unfair to you know grade it just according to your personal preferences or something. So there you have it. Overall, a great book. I would say check it out if you want to kind of push your skill level or maybe add to it. Um, there you go. Victoria, take us out. All right. Um, so if you enjoyed this episode, please rate it and review it. Uh, you can find us on the web at wecookbooks.com. Uh, our Instagram handle is at we underscore cook underscore books. And our Facebook is at wecookbooks. Um, production assistance was provided by Danny Schaefer. Hey, Johnny. Yeah. It's time for your joke. Ooh, I almost forgot. I'm, I Thanks actually, for reminding me. I have actually started to look uh, looking forward to this. Ooh, I got a good one for you. Okay. So I had this dream that I was aboard a pirate ship. Captain was kind of a jerk and they only serve potatoes. You might say it was a dictatorship. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everyone. Have a fantastic week.